0: So, Hello friends, welcome to the SOS Podcast. I'm your host, Carl. Thanks for joining me again this week. I want to draw your attention to Jeremiah chapter 36. I was teaching on this in church this morning, and something stuck out to me. If you read through that chapter, you see God instructing Jeremiah to get a scribe, Baruch, to write down Everything that Jeremiah has prophesied over his years of prophetic ministry in Judah. Everything he's prophesied over Israel, Judah, and Jerusalem. And then once this is all written down, read it to the people. If you look at the timeline, this word comes to Jeremiah in the fourth year of the current king's reign. King Jehoiakim, who is the son of King Josiah. But then if you go down through the chapter, you see that this word isn't fully transcribed or done ready for reading until at least nine months later. So you have this process of Jeremiah dictating to Baruch and Baruch transcribing for months, maybe even more than a year everything that jeremiah has prophesied as god's words of judgment judgment to what end well obviously he wants his people to repent and turn but these words of judgment not just over judah right because even though he was speaking to judah god's message related to both kingdoms northern kingdom and southern kingdom and also jerusalem right also talked about the temple So these words get transcribed. Jeremiah at this point is not permitted to enter the temple. Think about that. The one mouthpiece God has in Judah is not allowed to enter God's own temple, where his spirit resides. So Jeremiah has Baruch. He dictates everything to Baruch. Baruch transcribes it. The message is presented to the people of Judah. Then it's discussed with the officials. And the officials ask, well, we want to hear this message. They hear the message and they fear it. They believe all of these words that Jeremiah has been speaking. They believe that this is the word of God. They tell Baruch, you and Jeremiah have to go hide, get away. We're going to share this with the king. These officials go and tell the king what they've heard. And the king says, well, bring the scroll to me so the scroll is presented to the king and it's read to him and again we're talking about years of prophetic messages from the lord and as these words are being read the king is cutting up the scroll and burning it he's trying to erase the word of god he's trying to make it so that these words were never spoken never written never existed three of the officials who brought this to him are pleading with him don't do this don't burn the scroll but he doesn't care he does it he does it anyway and i try to imagine what that interaction was like were they pleading with him don't do this you're going to make it worse you're going to bring more judgment which ends up being the case for the king but was that what they were thinking these officials feared the lord when they heard these words they knew there was truth in them and yet their king who's supposed to be leading them, not just governmentally, but spiritually, right? King of Judah, God's people. And this specific king, the son of Josiah, who ushered in a time of revival and renewed faithfulness, this is a king who is entrusted to lead God's people righteously, faithfully. But he is setting the example of defiance, disobedience, idolatry. So the king burns up the scroll. Not just burning it. I mean, again, he's cutting pieces, cutting it into pieces and then burning it. No more. So what happens? Well, the word of God comes to Jeremiah. Write another scroll. He has Baruch transcribe these words again with some more words to the king. A further message. Yes, the king has indeed made it worse for him, for his children, for his officials. But there's something to consider here, and it didn't jump out at me until I started actually teaching on this. We know from the timeline in chapter 36 that it took Jeremiah and Baruch at least nine months to write the first scroll. We can assume that writing the second scroll might have taken the same amount of time. We know they were in hiding during this time right, because it says the Lord hid them from the king. So between presenting the scroll to the king, him destroying it, and then these men having to reproduce the scroll, maybe it took longer, I don't know, but we're looking at months of work. So imagine being one of the officials in that room with the king, begging him not to burn the scroll. Imagine seeing that, you fear the Lord, you believe these words are true, The king is burning the scroll, destroying it, and you're pleading with him not to. And perhaps in your mind, you would say, God, can you do something about this man, please? He's leading your people away from you. He's not repenting. He's just being more and more defiant. His heart is just getting harder and harder. Perhaps these officials would have thought these things, would have asked God, do something about this man who should be your servant. And again, if we look at the timeline, we know that between the time the king burned the first scroll and the second scroll being finished, it's months. And I wondered what was happening during that period? We have someone in a position of power who should be, again, leading God's people toward him, leading God's people in faith in God. Instead, he's defying God. He's making decisions out of self-interest. He's leading the people in idolatry. He's ignoring the word of God. He doesn't even fear the word of God when he hears it. It's like it doesn't even do anything to him. He's just proud and disobedient. And how long did it take for God to do something about that man? Months, at least, at least months. And I I was reading this story and I'm teaching about this story, and I start to think about the people we encounter in this world who do horrible, terrible things against God, against God's people. And the times that we plead and we cry out and we say, Lord, can you do something about this? And maybe we don't see God do something tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Maybe it takes weeks or months or years. And we might think to ourselves, Lord, did you see this? Did you hear this? Are you doing anything? How can you just let this happen? But what this story tells me is that God always sets things right. No one defies him and gets away with it. If God's judgment is appropriate, he will exact that judgment in his time. There are things going on in the world today that I'm sure we cry out to God about, like how can you let this continue? God do something about this, either the situation or this individual, maybe... You're in a church congregation where you see a lot of sin being accepted or even encouraged. And you might ask, well, God, where are you? Why aren't you doing something about this? And we need to understand that he will. These things don't just skirt by without being addressed at some point. God sets everything right. No one pulls one over on him. No one gets away with anything. When you see injustice, cry out to God. You might need to wait. You might not even see the result of your prayers, but cry out to God and trust that he will set things right. I imagine these officials and anyone else close to the king who actually believed the words of that scroll were crying out to God on behalf of their government, their people and saying, Lord, do something about this. This man is just making things worse. God might not respond in that moment. He might not respond for years, but we must trust that he will respond. He is faithful not only to answer our prayers, but he is faithful to bring a just result. He is faithful to set things right. So let us continue to contend in prayer for justice, regardless of whether we ever see the result. Let us trust that he will bring it. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you are just, you're righteous, you're holy, Lord, that you answer our prayers, God. Father, give us faith that when we pray for your justice, Lord, to believe that it will come, regardless of whether we see it, regardless of whether we know it. Father, there are those who are blaspheming you and trying to lead your children astray. Father, there are those who are doing the enemy's work, stealing, killing, destroying, deceiving. Father, we pray against that, and we ask, Lord, for your justice to come. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, that what you say is true. It's always true. We thank you, God, that no one can destroy your word. No one can erase it, Father. Your word is eternal. It is what gives us hope, God that your promises will come to pass. Father, we love you, and we can't wait to see you face to face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good day, and God bless. Soul, soul, thou, thou, soul, soul, soul. We hope you have enjoyed this week's episode of the Sold Out Soul podcast. If you would like to sow financially into the work that we're doing here, please visit soulsrestoredministries.org and click the donate button.